You are listening to the IBC Podcast, your international baseball career guide. Play ball! Now, here's your host, David Burns. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a little long overdue, but uh, we're on episode number 71, and today I have Eric Sikula on the podcast. Uh, Eric spent five years in affiliated ball with the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, and then after being released, he um, took some time off to work and then decided that is not what he wants to do, missing the ball field. So uh, he went overseas uh, to Australia and pitched in the State League in Adelaide, the South Australian Baseball League, uh, won a championship there uh, with the West Torrance Eagles, uh, played, he, he threw an inning for the, the Adelaide Bite, uh, Although he was on a tear, they didn't. They didn't really. Uh, they had a, a pretty full roster, so we didn't see a lot of time there. Um, but then returned to play indie ball um, in the Atlantic League, uh, and has been playing indie ball ever since, winning the Can-Am Championship in 2017 with the Quebec Capitals. He also spent a winter in Colombia playing in the professional league there before rejoining the Capitals in 2018. In this interview, Eric talks a lot about his experiences overseas and why he believes playing uh, in Australia and Colombia have really helped him to improve as a pitcher and set him back on the right track to the ultimate dream of playing in the MLB. So if you're a current professional player and you're uh, looking for something different to do in the winter and to stay in the game in the winter, this is a great podcast interview to listen to. So without further ado, let's get on with episode number 71 with Eric, spelt with an A, Sicula. Let's start off with why you decided to take your career overseas during the winter of 2016-17. I was 27 with a, a bunch of older, 30, maybe 35-year-old guys in an independent league, and I thought, I do not want to be these guys. I don't want to be in my mid-30s. Yeah. And... And then still kind of be hanging around baseball. So I, I, I was released from an independent, independent league team and wanted to start my career as uh, in real estate. So I did that for five or six months. And I realized how much I missed baseball. That was, yeah. a, that was the turning, turning like, point of, oh my gosh, I'm going to be in this city doing this work for the rest of my life. <laughs> or... or uh, and then I, I went to a wedding about yeah. five five months after I was not playing anymore. And this guy had just came back from the Czech Republic playing, and he maybe played at a Division three school. And then he got an opportunity to play there. I was like, wow, this guy is traveling the world playing baseball, and I have such a better resume. And I could be doing this. Yeah. Uh, why am I stuck doing something that I don't want to? while my expectations of me maybe not being in the big leagues might not be fulfilled, I can still travel the world and I have a, a high expertise in, in my in baseball and a good resume. Let's let's try to see what I can do from this. And that he introduced me to baseballjobsoverseas.com. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I like this idea. I like playing in different countries. This uh, this might be something that I will, I'll pursue. So I signed up for the website, and within a week, two weeks, I probably had 15 different countries offering me to go <laughs> awesome. to play. Yeah, and that was cool. Man, flat, I felt flattered. I felt honored. And I knew immediately, like, okay, I don't want to work anymore. I can go play, 
play baseball in other countries for the next couple, uh, few months, few years. Who, who knows what will come of it? So it, it was a quick turnaround for me and went to Australia, played in their state league, uh, a little bit of time with the Adelaide Bite as well in the ABL. And, you know, I had a couple offers to go to different uh, countries in 2017, but ended up deciding to stick in the independent league circuit just because I'd like to play at the highest competition. And I, I, I don't want to give up on the major league dream because I feel my, my athletic ability, my stuff is just as good, if not better, than it's ever been. So mm-hmm. I'd like to play at the highest level and still give my chance, give myself a chance to play uh, in the big leagues. And knowing that you overseas is always there when you're ready. And I think that's kind of a misconception that a lot yeah. of people in the United States have is, okay, if I don't play in the minor leagues or uh, drafted by a team, I have no chance. Okay, there's an independent league circuit you can go to. Also, there's a whole international, there's a whole world that you can go use baseball as your medium to go travel. And it, I, I think that idea to a lot of people just hasn't, hasn't hit them yet or hasn't been spread enough for people to understand that yeah yeah and they really don't realize like uh how many opportunities are out there there's a lot of opportunities and there's opportunities for guys like unlike yourself how long did you play in the minors five seasons in the blue jays yeah in the blue jays organization reaching as high as double a double a and um so there's opportunities for guys like yourself, obviously, like we throw you up. That's why you get 15 offers is based on that background. But there will be guys that with D3 backgrounds or that get also a large, you know, quite a few different offers, but it'll be from lower levels. So there's, there's quite a spectrum of levels overseas, which is, it's really hard to like summarize overseas baseball in a, in a short email. It's, it's really impossible. I can't answer all the questions in one, but one thing that I've been coming across lately, which a lot of guys don't realize is like if you're trying to make a pro club, like if you're trying to play pro ball in the States and and you sign a contract, then you're kind of, you're moving up. You've, you've moved up in the level you're playing, you're, you're playing at a higher level than you just were perhaps. Whereas overseas it's a little different. Like if you sign a pro contract, you're playing down because the clubs overseas, they're, they're not going to fly a guy halfway around the world who plays at the same level as all the local players. They want a guy that's going to come in and he's going to be a dominant player, a league leader. And that's what a lot of the guys don't see. They come over and then they realize like, Hey, I'm better than everybody here. This, I want to play better baseball. <laughs> and it's not really like that. You know, it's, 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 it's more like kind of like you said, it's the opportunity to go travel and see the world and play baseball, but it's not a progressive step. Sure. But you have to be open-minded in that aspect to go to those places and be one of the league leaders. And I think it really helps the player to become more confident. You're expected to be great, and you need to go there and be good. They flew you there to a different country. They are probably housing you and paying you a salary. So you learn to be one of the best players in the league, and I think that your confidence can build a lot from going to go play overseas. If, If you're concerned about the competition not being uh, to the highest degree okay we'll take it as a challenge to yourself to be the best in the league and take it as that and try to find a way to gain confidence and you know teach what you've learned yeah yeah so there's there's different steps uh you just have to mentally be open-minded to the fact that it's going to be slightly different to the fact uh, of what you played in before 
Yeah, most definitely. And I guess the only thing to add to that would be if you're thinking of of using it as a, a stepping stone into pro ball in the States, like you, you haven't had that opportunity. I, I don't think overseas is the answer because I don't think you're coming in with the right approach. I think you're going to feel frustrated playing at a lower level um, than what you want to be playing at. Um, so, you know, I think it's, I th- sorry. I, I think that's fair. But if you're going mm-hmm. there to develop, let's say it's not out of the realm to yeah. be able to, to develop while you're there. Mm-hmm. If you're self-disciplined and have your own program that you know works, let's say you're doing a weighted ball program or you're, or you're in a strength program that you can self-manage yourself, then you have the opportunity to develop a lot in these other countries because you'll probably have more free time than you will playing in a uh, independent league or these other leagues. So it's just about that self-discipline, I think, of putting in the work. You can still have the approach about want to develop by going to these leagues, but you have to be very self-disciplined to be able to put in that work every day. Yeah. Yeah. I see your buddy in the background there, the reflection. Um, yeah, it's, uh, that's a very good point. I, I agree with you there. Uh, some of the times like the, the word exposure comes up, like what kind of exposure am I going to get overseas? And, 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 you know, I say, well, there really, you know, isn't any exposure unless you work your way into an ABL club or something like that through a state league. But, but as you said, you know, it's not like these these leagues are not, you know, are, are not considered as quality leagues, uh, depending on, you know, where where you make it to overseas. So I, I think that's a good point. And a lot of guys are late bloomers. So, you know, they will kind of discover their game while they're overseas. And maybe they go there without the intention to, you know, use it as a stepping stone. And then suddenly they find themselves like their confidence growing and, and they're developing. And the next thing you know, uh, you know they're getting they're getting offers in pro leagues, which has happened. Lewis Cohen's a good example of that. He went over and played uh, state league baseball in Australia. Got called up to the Australian Baseball League, then signed a pro contract, and now he's playing, I think, in the Frontier League right now. Um, so I mean, it, it does happen. Uh, Jimmy Jensen's had a number of offers from pro teams, and he really he's been overseas for three years now, and that he really uh, you know continued to improve while he was overseas. So. It's, it's definitely not it, the end of the road. <laughs> yeah, if exposure is your main concern, I think that you're you're thinking too much about it and not concerned enough about you and your development and you trying to get better. Mm-hmm. And if you're focused on yourself and what you can do to become better, then someone will find you. If you're if you're really good enough and really concerned with the exposure, somebody will find you if you're good enough. You don't need to concern yourself with with that. Just put up good numbers and, and just get better, and eventually. Things will work out for you. Yeah. You're not going to be batting four or five hundred and hit ten home runs, and not people aren't going to find out. You know, it, it word spreads and numbers numbers are facts. Yeah, exactly. And when you're playing, you know, year round overseas, summers in Europe, and then you're going to Australia in the winter, then you know all it takes is a, a really good summer in Europe, and then boom, you get signed to a state league club in Australia. And then next thing you know, you get called up to the ABL and then you get that exposure in the ABL that you've been asking about. <laughs> and then, you know, so it really can happen. So, um, so you, yeah. you went and played in Australia. How was that experience for you? You started in the state league, which getting back to that stepping down kind of thing, like it's not like it's bad baseball. It's good baseball there, but for you, it was, it was uh, definitely a step down in the level of play. So how did you handle that? And then, you know, how did you kind of tackle that uh, whole role that you had there? 
Yeah, I, I went to only having two games a week and only pitching on usually once every Sunday. And so I wouldn't have to go to the ballpark, but what one day a week or two days a week. So most of the time for me, it was uh, kind of going to the beach or, you know, putting in my work, what I, what I do, um, but not having to have any responsibility of going to the field. And it just kind of made the game a lot more fun and not as much work-based of going to a field for 10 hours a day or seven hours a day, uh, really not dragging through work because you only have to go. You show up an hour before the game. You play a couple times a week. It's just a lot more fun. The guys, uh, everyone's a lot more relaxed. This isn't work to them. This is what they do for for fun on the weekends, which was something different that I, I've always had baseball as work. You need to put up numbers. You need to be good. You know, and had a, a very career-driven approach. So going there was uh, – I, I learned, I think, how to have a little more fun and um, appreciate the game. Yeah, I, I hear that quite a bit, that it's a little bit refreshing to not have to always worry about numbers all the time and, and, and think of it as a job, that it kind of takes you back to your roots a little bit. And and I also want to add that although it is what they do on, for fun on the weekends, they take it very serious too. So that they know how to balance the, all right, this is fun, and in the end, a hobby for most of them, but a hobby that they're very serious about and they want to be as good as they possibly can and maybe make the Australian national team, maybe make the ABL. And a, a lot of Australian players want to go play college ball or pro ball in the States. So, um, so it's, sure. it's a, a nice balance between the two, I think. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed it because on the team, there's a third, there's 30 year old, there's 16 year old kids that are striving to go to college, striving for the national team. So you get a, the, the, Surrounded by the different ages and a lot of different skill level and a lot of different uh, um, kind of different career paths within the game. Some of the that are the electricians that come there and you know will play second base just on, on the weekends, or the sixteen-year-old kid that puts in work every single day trying to make it to the college team. So you have the uh, different kinds of people, but everyone is very passionate about it, and it's their club, so they take a lot of pride in it which is a lot different than pro ball. Pro ball, it's all about yourself. How do I get better? Uh, what what can we do to, to move to the next level to make it to the big leagues? In the state league, we won a championship in Australia. We had four guys on our team get tattoos of our team logo <laughs> on, on their body. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> but they are so prideful of their club and their team you would never have that in the minor leagues. You wouldn't have that in pro ball. And that, that just shows you the kind of, I think, commitment and passion they have towards towards their club, which is, when you said refreshing, it takes you back to your roots. And it did for me as well. It reminded me of growing up at the same kind of park, because the fields aren't, aren't that great. So it reminded me of playing in the park when I was younger. Um, so it does take you back and gives you that uh, clear Hey, I'm a kid again. This is this is supposed to be fun. Uh, baseball's a game. Uh, gives you that feeling. Yeah, yeah, most most definitely. And I, you know, I I don't think any guy that played Double A in recent years that ended up in the state league is going to have that same um, same uh, approach or same train of thought about it or or same experience. Um, but you but, know, what, so it's what, not necessarily for everybody, but. 
Yeah, what was helpful for me was that I, I had stopped playing. And I think the difference for me was that I had stopped playing and I was working as a in a different career path. Yeah. And then coming back into the game, I realized kind of where I was pushing a lot of my effort um, in the affiliated ball towards trying to develop or move up. And uh, after the working in a career I that I didn't want to be in, I, I could... Uh, focuses more on having fun. So, and I think if you go straight from the double A game to the state league, you could kind of find yourself in a, a weird headspace, maybe not as satisfied as what you could be, but I was just happy to be playing baseball, be in a different country, meet a lot of good blokes that I, that I, that I like. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can see that, definitely. I think that, that time away from the game and then that refresher bringing you back to your roots, the two, and then it seemed to have reinvigorated you. So now you're like pursuing the MLB dream again that you once gave up on, it sounds like. So so I think overseas could even do that for, for, for somebody, even if they didn't go work the nine to five first, maybe somebody that was released from their, you know, independent team or their minor league team goes over and plays overseas, gets that refresher, and then they have this newfound approach and mentality and a mental approach and maybe uh they find their game again and, and who knows you know uh, i i think you know anything anything can happen so um but i, I do right. i do glad I'm, i am glad that you brought that up because i don't think it's it's for everybody necessarily as the next step and that's the the tough thing to always determine whether overseas is now or later or what so um right i i think it really did invigorate my career because I, I went there as a first time as a starter and it was a lot of fun starting again I hadn't done that since my beginning years of college and then to go back to starting and then it it really helped my career I threw I think 80 innings there and then I played in the Can-Am League this past year in Quebec City a starter again and I really excelled and I think that confidence that uh, baseball's fun came back to me and I, I had a really good season there. And that's what took me eventually to Columbia this past winter in South America was a starter again from that time period, those 13 months that I played in Australia, Quebec city, Canada, and Columbia, South America, I threw over 300 innings. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, which is uh, a lot on my arm. So I took about two months off now and I'm just starting to get back into throwing and I leave and I start my season again in one month in Quebec City, again in the Can-Am League. Yeah, and it seems like championships are following you around lately. So I, you know, how did it go in Colombia? <laughs> yeah, so I, I was, I'm, I'm very prideful of that. I've, I've won seven championships. Uh, I'd like to think that my work ethic and kind of leadership on a team, I'd like to think championships follow me, not the other, not, uh, I think that's how it works. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think there's 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 a common denominator there for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've talked to guys that have played longer and only won one championship or two. And I, man, winning a championship is that ultimate feeling. That's so great. And I, I think one in four different countries now. But in Colombia, we we were first place in the regular season, and we had a ten game round robin. Uh, playoff series and we went no eight games eight games and we went two and six so we didn't advance the championship and i had both of the wins in the playoffs <laughs> i started two games and wins so but so you didn't you didn't take one we, home there but you enjoyed the experience so what can you tell me a little bit what it's like like the 
let's start with the, the the league itself. Like, how many teams? How many games did you play? And uh, yep. what the level is comparable to? Sure. So, Columbia started November, December, January. It's a forty-five game season with four different teams. You play five days a week, so it's a very competitive schedule. Um, mainly Colombian players. Our team had the most imports with six imports. Other teams only had one or two imports. Um, you play. Let me, let me think here. Yeah, it was five days a week, and you'd play two game sets, and then maybe a day off, and then play a, a two game series against another team. The travel was very easy, all within uh, four or five hours. Uh, they're trying to expand to two more teams next year, so it'd be six teams. Um, in the competition to play, I personally I think it's better than the, the ABL. Just there's a lot more raw, pure talent from the, the younger Colombian players are really good, mm-hmm. but really raw at the same time. They have a lot of speed and a lot of a lot of raw power and arm strength. A lot of every bullpen had was ninety plus every arm, mm-hmm. if not ninety five. Um, wow. But the fields weren't that great. Yeah, <laughs> which is like. Different. So the, the fielding wasn't as good, and there was more errors in the game that probably – the game wasn't as crisp because of some of the fields. But that's what makes some of the players so good is that they can field on these on these crappy fields, and, and then when they go to a smooth, a smooth facility or smooth field, they're much better. Yeah, yeah, I, I can imagine. And so what about the other imports that are there – as far as their backgrounds and how do like how do they end up in Colombia? Like how do they end up there? Oh man! So on our team, we had I think three Double A guys from the Phillies who had played Double A the past season, and one of the Phillies coaches was a hitting coach in the league. So he brought some of the Double A players that he thought needed some extra work, maybe that got injured during their regular season and wanted some more at bats pitchers that maybe didn't get as many innings as what they wanted. Um, so there were three three guys from the Phillies, two independent league pitcher arms that had both put up really good numbers in their independent league, and they had been referred to from one of the coaches in their independent league. One guy was from Sioux City Falls, and the, both guys were from the American Association. And usually you just got to put up numbers in those leagues – like myself, I, I had pitched against Steve Brown, who was uh, who had been playing in the Colombian League now for 15 years. He's a Colombian guy, and I got I just pitched really well against him, and he thought I was good enough to bring to Colombia, so he asked me to come play. Yeah, I mean he his He's name kind of, his name's a dead seller on on Colombia. <laughs> Steve Brown, the Colombian, yeah, yeah. And, but, <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, so uh, it, I think it shows that it doesn't matter what league you're in. There, you can build connections and possible possible uh, places to play later in the game. And you always need to take that into consideration when you're a player. Is that I'm I'm only in this league right now, but there's all these other players in this league that will probably go on somewhere else. So to build your connections, to build that base of knowing a bunch of people within your league, and then putting up good numbers so that will help you to get to other leagues. 
Yeah. Uh, and that just comes with just being, being kind of outgoing and just talking to people and, 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 you know, which I think isn't easy for everybody. Not everybody, you know, there's those, there's the introverts out there and everything like that. But, uh, I think it's a good point. Like, I think the more you're just out there and you're, you know, you're just, you know, obviously backing up, uh, being a good player with, with being a good guy as well. Um, it's just going to create more opportunities for you and open more doors. And, um, did you feel like it was a, like how was the professionalism there? Like I know there's situations sometimes overseas, like in Europe or whatever, where you know these are amateur, more amateur leagues overseas that bring in one or two imports or something like that, and the locals pay to play and hold down jobs. But it sounds to me like all the Colombians there were actual professional baseball players that you know were not working a job on the side and everything like that. But how did you find like um, the whole experience? Do you feel like things went smoothly and you were well taken care of? Uh, my housing situation, I don't think, was as good as uh, what other places have been. I shared in a hotel room with four other guys, <laughs> which wasn't the most ideal situation. It's not an ideal situation at all. It's terrible. Um, I'd, I'd like to have my own own room, and I think yeah, a lot of the places you'll have that in, in different countries. But the professionalism there was uh, everybody there was that that's their main concern is their baseball career. Um, there's probably a handful, maybe a half a dozen guys on each team that are in the in the minor leagues, young guys. There's another half a dozen that are ex-minor league guys that have already kind of on their way down in their career but are still trying to pursue other, other ways to continue to play baseball. Uh, baseball is huge there. It is it's a national sport. So maybe going to Australia, it, it's not viewed as highly baseball as more of a hobby. There, Colombia, that's their way to get out to a, a their way to prosper to a, a better life to go play in the States. And mm-hmm. um, you could make so much money in the United States that will transfer to a lot of Colombian dollars. So I think they take it very seriously. Yeah. And their career is baseball, it, it isn't a, a side job and then come there to have fun. It's okay, let me get there, let me put in my work two, three hours before the game. Uh, um, they if they don't play well it's they're not happy after the game it's not let's just let's just go drink go out okay we're baseball players let's have a good time they're very focused on their development and trying to trying to make themselves uh into a career for uh, a baseball career for themselves yeah yeah i can imagine for sure uh, i i get a, a num- numerous you know emails uh from Latin American countries and, and, you know, a lot of them are looking to get out. Obviously in Venezuela, things aren't exactly going great right now. Um, so I can imagine a lot of Venezuelans trying to get in maybe even to the Colombian league as a stepping stone into somewhere else. But, uh, absolutely. So my, a lot of the Venezuelan guys that were in the Colombian winter league also go to Colombia to play in Colombian summer league because they get paid as imports, uh, to in Colombia, so they won't play in the Venezuelan summer league because they won't be paid as much. So it is kind of a stepping stone for the Venezuelan guys to go to the Colombian summer league, and then in hopes to go to either a different winter league in the let's say Puerto Rican, Mexico, uh, Colombian winter league, or trying to be a stepping stone to go to. I think Europe is the next place for those guys to go. What I'd like to ask you is. How was your experience in Colombia, like off the field? Um, I know, you know, obviously living in, in a hotel room with 
four guys is is one experience in Excel in itself. But uh, maybe when you're outside of the hotel room and, and enjoying the what Columbia has to offer. Yeah, we we went to uh, man, it was so beautiful. We were in a city that had a lot of mountains and rivers, so we had gone to a hey, half dozen times, gone to a river that had a, a big tire swing. And there's hundreds of people that go to this little spot, and it, it was just a lot of uh, a lot of outdoor fun. I would say um, everyone rides taxis, moto taxis, which was a lot different for a lot of the American guys. If you're wanting to get around town, you just hop on the back of a motorcycle in the motorcycle taxi. And there are no rules driving, so these mo- moto taxis are going in and out of traffic, just zooming around. So I rode on the back of those, which was a, a good bit of fun, even though most guys were scared, too. Um, our town that we were in was two, 300,000 people, and we would go out. We would go to the nicest. We were, we were a celebrity there. So everywhere we would go, you stand out being a light-skinned individual. Everyone wants to – you get stared at, and yeah. but people want to talk to you and want to uh, – want to talk baseball want, or want to take pictures with you. Um, so it was, it was kind of nice in a way to be looked at as a celebrity, but it definitely is nice to come back home afterwards and kind of be a, uh, a just another face in the crowd because you don't always have to be uh, on your, on your a game. <laughs> and how did you, how did you fit in with the Aussies? I, I know they're, they got their own style too. So, uh, you know, a lot of guys love, just love their experience in Australia and, um, but I know like, you need to. It needs to come with a little bit of a drinking pedigree too. So I, I, I don't know how how that w- went over for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I think I have a good. I went to college for four years, so I have a. I, I thought I was well prepped for it, um, but I what I think I probably had more beers after games there than I uh, than I have in my whole career combined. <laughs> but but it was a lot. The guys were great. Um, they were super friendly to me. Yeah. Um, uh, football games, Australian football games. Um, kind of had one or two best friends I would hang around with all day. Um, so it was it was wonderful, and and I still talk to the guys, and um, it was a great experience. Yeah. And I'd love to go back. Australia is so fun. It's just laid back, and it's a good place to. Good place to be. Yeah, board shorts and flip flops. That's 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 the style there, and and you know it, it's really laid back. So I, I'm jealous. I'd love to go there. I think one day I will be, in some capacity. Hopefully, maybe as a as a coach. But um, I I went there like in nineteen. I, I'm going to date myself here. Uh, nineteen ninety seven, and uh, no ninety six <laughs> ninety six. Oh my god. And I was 21, and I was backpacking, and I didn't bring my ball glove because I didn't even think that there would be baseball there. Uh, so I only wish uh, that I knew then what I know now. But, um, you know, I live vicariously through you guys and these stories, and I love listening to it. So, you know, one day I'll, I'll join in. I, I may be a little older than the guys, but I can keep up, and uh, so I'll probably head down there again sometime. I know I've had you on here for almost an hour now, so – We'll, we'll wrap it up with uh, maybe if you had some parting advice for anybody that's – I would like to say anybody that's you know has that pro experience and has found success, whether it be the minor leagues or, or the top four indie leagues. Um, and they're, they're kind of at this crossroads in their career and they're like, okay, I don't know if the MLB dream is going to happen or not. 
and they're starting to think about you know nine to five right. or overseas. Do you have any uh, advice for those for those guys? It, man, I wish I would have had someone that I, I would have been able to talk to a little bit more when I was at, at that point in my career. And I still feel like I, I slightly am at that point in my career. Um, the advice I would give to them is just that the opportunities overseas are endless. It feels like it, with a good resume, you can play for as many years as your body can handle. And I think if, if there's still that in, little bit of doubt in your mind that says that I, I should still, I'm still really good or I should still continue to play. Don't give up on that dream yet um, because you can still have all the feeling that you get from those great games, uh, the winning the championships. You'll, you'll still experience all those things in a slightly different capacity overseas, but that love for the game is still there. That development uh, side of the game of trying to get better every day is still there. There's the uh, camaraderie of your teammates that's still there. There's still a whole life in baseball other than minor leagues or the major leagues. Yeah. There, there's a whole avenue that has a lot of good feeling, a lot of a lot of great friendships, a lot of career opportunities that way that aren't just in the major leagues. Maybe your million-dollar dream may be over, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. there's still a – you still have your life to live and there's not many better ways to do it than by traveling and playing baseball in different countries. Amen. I, I hear you. And I, you know, I think it's, it's something everybody has to experience before they go lock themselves in a cubicle for, for 40 hours a week. So, and hopefully that's right. not the end, <laughs> the end station for, for most of the people listening to this. Um, well, you know, I appreciate, you know, your time again. I know this is our second time around the first time around it, uh, ended up not working out, but uh, you know this. Uh, I, I wish you the best of luck this year, and hopefully we'll see you over in Europe one of these years, and we can meet in person and have have a beer. Uh, absolutely, um, and, and for everybody else that, that is playing internationally, the, one of the best parts about the IBC in general is I feel like being able to talk to other people that have experienced it so much, which is I feel different than in the minor leagues or in the independent leagues, is that you don't have the ability to ask so many questions of people that have already been to these destinations before. Every every place that I had an offer from, I feel like I had an opportunity to talk to somebody who had been there before. So I knew what I was getting into, which is great when it comes to the, to the IBC. That doesn't always happen in pro ball or in independent league. You kind of go to a team and you don't exactly know what to expect. When you're going and you're playing internationally, what the international baseball community gives you is all these resources of people that have played at these levels, which is very, very valuable. Yeah, most definitely. We, you know, I, I have guys like yourself that have played around, you know, overseas and, and I'll hit them up now and then and say, Hey, I have this guy that's going to sign with your old club. Do you have any feedback about, you know, and we keep it obviously 100% like anonymous in case you don't have something good to say, but you know, we, we, you know, it's always good to hear from somebody that's done it, and that's something I highly recommend to anybody that's especially going overseas for the first time, uh, because it is different. It, it's a lot different, and um, you know, it varies from club to club and league to league. So it's it's there's there's so much out there um, that you don't know about. That. So it's best just to talk to somebody. So it's a good piece of advice. 
Yeah, and I, I think you you helped me a lot when I first signed up, and you gave me contacts of guys that I, I talked to right away. As soon as I had questions, I feel like I was in contact with two, three, four guys that told me about this league, two other guys that told me about you know the France League. Yeah. So it's very helpful to weigh out your options, but having a community of people that have experienced it to give you that feedback is uh, very valuable to have. I, I think it's because they're all passionate about it because they – those that did go overseas and experienced it, you know, did come back with that, you know, refreshed attitude and, and they enjoyed their experience. So then they're always excited to help someone else do that. You know, uh, you know, that's what I find with guys like yourself. They just, they're excited to kind of pass that on or, or pay it forward or whatever. So. Absolutely. So I, I tell every, every college guy that I meet or college programs, I told a couple of college coaches, Hey, I'd, I'd love to tell you more about, of my story or let, let's try to get get some of these guys to go play overseas and uh, it, it's just a big opportunity and it's uh yeah perfect man well thanks again and you know i am going to be sending you some merch <laughs> uh, i got some new stuff coming in so i'm kind of waiting for the new stuff because it's got the new logo and you know so i'm going to be sending you more uh up-to-date stuff uh so i'm kind of holding off until uh, you end up back in quebec and and we'll get you something there in in a bit i haven't forgotten so i appreciate it you know you've been a big supporter of the website and you know i want to thank Mm -hmm. you for that yeah yeah thanks for having me i'm glad you created this this is something that uh i wish i would have thought of and i would have created but to be (laughs) a part to be a part of the team is uh just as good uh, yeah, I, I, I hope that you'll you'll be uh, sticking around and helping out for years to come. So, awesome, man! Thank, thanks, Eric. Thanks, David. Take care, buddy. See. Hey, that wraps up episode number seventy-one. Uh, a great one for the current and established pros out there. Um, you know, if they are looking for a change of pace and something to do in the winter, as you heard, uh, one of the big points that Eric mentioned was that uh, what he enjoyed the most about Australia anyway is that he had a lot of time off. So, yeah, he's getting his innings in. He's still getting some work in, but he also had a lot of time to you know set up a, a winter routine, a workout routine, and prepare for the, the next pro season. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking of playing overseas, whether you're a professional or a college player, uh, or coach, uh, reach out to me. I'm happy to give you some feedback on what your options may be overseas. As you heard within this podcast episode, uh, that there's that there's many different levels overseas, which opens up opportunities to players and coaches with varying different uh, varying levels of experience in baseball. Uh, so you can email me at dburns at baseballjobsoverseas.com. And I'm happy to give you some feedback. Uh, or if you know somebody that you think might be interested in taking their career overseas, uh, maybe they're at a crossroads or maybe they recently graduated and they're working and they don't seem to be enjoying whatever work they're in at the moment, uh, you know, it's not too late to, you know, jump into that pool or throw your hat in the ring or whatever you want to say to take your career overseas. So whether it's baseball or softball, I'm happy to answer your questions. So until next time, take care, everybody, and we'll hopefully see you in Europe.